Are you ready for the word today? If so, you are going to enjoy today's message. Our words have power over the different areas of our lives. I hope you enjoy this message. Be blessed. Yes. Well, guys, we are excited. I hope you're excited. Um, this is just a wonderful season. The truth is, last year on Easter, it must have been the tough day, toughest day of my life in a long time. Uh, you know, we were completely 100% online. We had nobody here. We did a live stream service or we did a pre-recorded service that we couldn't figure out the tech on how to work it out because we didn't know how to do anything about live stream last year. And we started the service 45 minutes late and we kept texting and sending messages through the app to a lot of people in the church. And we were just like so much. Thank you so much. And I, I just remember walking away from that day like, oh my goodness. It's Easter. It's the day everybody's trying to watch. Everybody's trying to get connected, and we just have nothing. We started 45 minutes late, and then we played a video of a skit we did for the for the message, and we couldn't figure it. We couldn't get it to play through the system, so we put a camera, a phone video in front of the camera to play it like this so that you can see it, and it was the... It was just crazy. I'm telling you, man, I was feeling some type of way after that day for at least three days, man. But God is good. And uh, I'm looking forward to, um, to worshiping with you uh, this Easter and just celebrating. You know, think about Holy Week. You think about Palm Sunday and Good Friday and, and Easter morning, Resurrection Sunday. It's this special time in the life of a Christian that we celebrate what God was doing, his bigger plan taking place. And so, hey, uh, make sure you invite somebody out. We're going to have a wonderful time. So um, with that being said, uh, let's jump into the word. Again, my name is Jack Gonzalez. I'm the lead pastor here at Mosaic. We're so glad you're here. We're going to have a great time in the word. This last week, we kicked off a message series titled Lagos. And we were talking about last week, we we're talking about silencing the voice of the enemy. And I told you about the power there is in the name of Jesus, that, that authority, that commands, that you would command Satan and his demonic spirits to come away from yourself, your home, and your family, that he wouldn't have no authority. And so listen, I hope you've already been practicing that. There's so much power in the name of Jesus. And so we have a central passage for our message series. It can be found right here in the book of Proverbs and in chapter 18 and verse 21. And it says this, it says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, can we read it together out loud? Can we do that? Okay, let's take a moment to do that here on the count of three. One, two, and three. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. See, one of the things I wanted us to communicate or I wanted to communicate to you the most is that there's so much power in this tongue. There's, there's, there's power for life and there's power for death. See, we want death for some things. We want death for the, the, the rule and dominion of, devil and, of the devil and Satan, his demonic uh, spirits over our life. From trying to come into our home, trying to come into our family, trying to come into our situation. We want you to die, devil, around us. We, we don't want you to have any more power. We want death to him. In the same way, we want life to the things of God in our life. See, the good things that God is trying to do in us, the, the, the way that God is trying to bless us and, and develop us and strengthen us and work in us and pour his blessing. We want life in those areas. There is so much power in the, in, the, in the tongue for life and death, and I want you to get that. Listen, let's take a moment to pray, and we're going to jump into our word this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you. God, you're good. God, you are so faithful. God, the wonderful thing is that your mercy and your grace and your forgiveness, God, 
Lord, you're so good. Thank you for your love in our life. God, we recognize that you're holy and we worship you. Today, God, we've come to hear your word. I pray, God, that you would bring it alive. Speak to us, minister us, God, right to the depths of our soul. God, we thank you for your love. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. So let me ask you this question. Have you ever had a major injury or a major event happen in your life and you thought, man, things are never going to be the same? Because of that situation that I faced, I don't know if things will ever be the same. And it essentially became a marker in your life. A, a thought that just never goes away and you remember. And in some ways it almost haunts you, but it's there and you'll never forget it. You see, in college, I worked for UPS, and I worked there for five years. It wasn't an easy job. It was a pretty tough job. I'd go to school during the day, and I would work the twilight shift, which really began from like 5 p.m. to 10 p.m., and I did that pretty much throughout college. I worked there for five years, and I remember I was, uh, as I, you know, it was a job moving packages, so you're constantly moving packages, and I started in the onload, and then I got promoted. I was, I was a sorter, and, and you just do this repetition, repetition. You're moving packages. You move it here, you move it here, you move it here. I wore my shoulder out so much that it just all the ligaments and everything inside got really tore up I remember I was at home at the house and my mom she's in, in our backyard we had this patio and she had some hanging plants she said hey son you know can you move one of the plants from the hanging can you move from there get over here it's gonna have some more sunlight she's moving I'm like yeah mom sure I got you so I I, I pick up the plant like this I'm picking it off it's off this little hook and I, and I grab it like that and all of a sudden my shoulder just drops and just pops out and it had never happened to me in my life and it's ever happened if it's ever happened to you before you know the most excruciating pain that you can imagine and so it pops out and it's dangling like this and i'm like ah! i'm not crying hey i ain't crying but i'm yelling man i'm letting you know i'm in some pain and so i i actually i don't know how it happened but i get on the floor and i'm on the floor and i'm just like this and i'm like this and i'm like this and son i don't know what to do Okay, it had never experienced, there was no, no, I hadn't studied, prepared what to do. And so I start hitting my arm like this, just hitting it, hitting it, hitting it, hitting it as hard as I can. And it pops right back in. And I'm like, and, and if you know, just because you got it back in, that doesn't mean the pain goes away. Okay, the pain is bad. Everything inside stretched and pulled. And so I got all this pain. So we go to the doctor and trying to check me out, trying to help me out, all this kind of thing. What happens over that next season is that the arm never stays in place. Any little thing I do comes right back out. I'm watching a movie, get, get excited about the king's game, arm comes out. I saw a little scary scene in a movie that kind of just came, I, the arm came right out. And it became this thing to eventually I had to go and get surgery. So I do this surgery and they put these holes in me and they tighten up everything in there. And then I got this thing, this brace, and they're holding it in here. And it's, it's thing and it's here like this for a long time, just wrapped up like this. And then they eventually want me to do some physical therapy and to kind of strengthen it, you know. So I'm taking it off and I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh my goodness, it's just bone and skin. The muscle is gone. On this side, I'm looking, on, I can still flex over here. On this side, I can't, what, what? There's nothing here. And inside my head and in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, I'm broken. All these negative thoughts flood me. I'm broken. I'm a young guy, man. I got all my life in front of me, man. I'm not even married yet. I got no, look, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm broken. I'm no good. How many of you know that that's what the enemy wants you to think about yourself? That you're broken, that you're no good. 
that the situation you're in, it will never get any better. Your finances, the relationship with your family, your spouse, your kid, it's just never going to get, it's not going to happen for you. And he wants you to think that. He wants you to land yourself there, land the plane that is just not going to work out. And today we are going to jump into a passage of scripture where we see, where we see, uh, um, where we see uh, David, this mighty warrior, this God-fearing man, a leader who would one day become king. And there's this moment that happens between him and his men that speaks exactly to our topic. Is it because I want you to understand the power of the logos of God to encourage yourself. To encourage yourself. Sometimes there's not always somebody around you to encourage yourself. It's great to be around encouraging people. And I, I get that. I want to be around encouraging people. I want to be around good people. Absolutely. But sometimes you got to speak life into yourself. And so we're going to look at 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verses 1 through 6. And this is what the word says. It says this. Now, when David and his men came to Ziglag, and that was a city there, an area town, on the third day, the Amalekites had made a raid, this is one of their enemies, had made a raid against the Negeb, uh we're going to leave it right there, and against Ziglag, they had overcome Ziglag and burned it with fire and taken captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great. They killed no one, but carried them off and went their way. And when David and his men came to the city, they found it burned with fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. Can you imagine? Verse 4, then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. Could you imagine crying until you had no more strength to cry. Verse 5, David's two wives also had been taken captive, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. Verse 6, and David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. And then it says this, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. I'm going to say it one more time. But David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. Sometimes we got to strengthen ourselves in God. You know, when I was dealing with that shoulder injury, it wasn't just this physical area that needed to improve and heal, but it was also the mental. It was, it was, also, it was also my heart. It was also my emotions. It was also me spiritually because it is so easy to get down on yourself, isn't it? It's so easy just to take all the blame. It's so easy just to allow the negative thoughts to take precedence. It's like, it's like you're going through something in life and the negative thoughts, they're just like in line. They're just waiting for you to go through something. And that's how it is with the devil. He's like waiting for just life to hit you in a certain way. He just wants to attack you. He's going to prounce on you. He's looking to devour you. He's going to put every temptation known to man in front of you. Or he, he's just going to make you feel just negative about everything that's going on. He's looking for that window, his opportunity in your life. And the Bible says that David strengthened himself. The Bible says that he strengthened himself. The men had turned on him. Basically, everybody was against him. And it only takes a few negative words if we're being honest. It only takes a few negative words just to make you feel some type of way. And David, he was feeling bad as a leader. It was easy. It's easy to blame yourself. It's easy to take it all on. Maybe you've been there before. And I want to tell you this. 
God knows and he has an answer and his plan is found in his word. Because sometimes you got to strengthen yourself. Not by the ways of the world, because it's, it's easy to numb the feeling or numb the pain or numb the situation. Not by the ways of the world, but in the Lord, by the ways of his word, logos. The logos of God in your life. So the question that I pose all of us this morning is, how do I encourage myself in the Lord? How do we encourage ourselves in the Lord? See, there's something that you need to know about David. David was a brother that was really consistent with writing down his feelings and emotions and really giving us insight to his relationship with God. No one else in scripture really gives us quite the insight that David does. And he was just a guy that was real and authentic with God. He just kept it real with God. Maybe you have a relationship with someone where you could just tell them anything. I mean, anything. And that's how David was with God. That's the way that he expressed himself. He talked to him about how he felt. And we, look, we see a little bit of this insight here in Psalm 56, verses 1 through 4. This is this. This is David. And he's talking with God. He says, be gracious to me, God. God, would you be, would you be gracious to me? Oh God, for, for man tramples on me all day long, an attacker oppresses me. My enemies trample on me all day long, for many attack me proudly. And when I'm afraid, how many times do we use that language? It says, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? How do I encourage myself in the Lord? You know, there are two things that the enemy cannot stop you from doing two things and that's what i'm going to share with you today the first thing is this he can't stop you from seeking god in worship and prayer he can't he's looking for every opportunity to mess you up to throw you off you got you're on a good path and you're being consistent and you're working at it and you feel like you're making some progress the good things of god in your life listen he, he he's going to try and throw you off he wants you going he wants you to make a i'm gonna make a left he wants you to turn away from the things of God, but he can't stop you from praying. He can't stop you from seeking God. He can't stop you from getting your worship on. He cannot stop you. He can try to put every negative thing around you. But he can't stop you from that worship. Right? It's like, hold on, devil. Right now I need to get my worship on. I hear you in my ear. I hear you trying to mess me up. But hold on. I command you in the name of Jesus. And it's closing your eyes and getting quiet. It's going for that walk and talking to him. It's, it's coming to church on a Tuesday night and getting your corporate prayer on. It's putting on the headphones and just going in deep. It's, 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 it's cranking that music up. For some of you, the truth is you're here today and the truth is that you feel like you can't pray, huh? You feel like you just struggle to pray. You can't really pray and you're, you really feel stuck. And, and listen, I'd encourage you, just begin with the name of Jesus. Just, just, just say the name of Jesus. In fact, can we do it right now? Together, can we say the name of Jesus? Here, let's do that together. One, two, and three. Jesus. You see, something is released in your tongue and your spirit. If you'll just say the name of Jesus, everything else will flow out. And you feel stuck and you feel overwhelmed. And I can't even pray. I can't even talk. Just begin with the name of Jesus. Just say his name. Close everything out and talk with God. See, the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6b, it says, But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. The truth is you have a few options. You have a few options. You can allow the attacks of the enemy to overtake you until there's nothing left of you. You can allow it. 
He'll beat you up and leave you to dead and there's nothing of you. No dreams, no desires. You don't want to live. You don't want family. You want nothing good for yourself. There's just done. You can allow him to keep going and going and attack you and hit you and beat you and whip you and leave you till there's nothing left. That's an option. Or what many people try and do is they try and numb it with temporary satisfaction. Right? This, this, I'm, I'm going to try and fix it with this because this is what we used to work in the past and it'll kind of just make me feel better in the moment. You know, it's a Friday night, I'm trying to kick it, trying to do this or whatever. And, 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 and all of a sudden, okay, but then I'm back to that routine. I'm back to that routine. I'm back to that routine. And nothing ever really satisfies me. Nothing is ever really good enough. Or, or you can strengthen yourself in the Lord your God. You can strengthen yourself in Him. You see, in Psalm 56, in verse 1, David says, Be gracious to me, O God. He's talking to God. He's praying. He's praying. He's reasoning. Lagos, right? He's communicating to God. God, would you be gracious to me? God, with everything that I'm going on, God, would, would thank you. Would you be gracious to me? Could you imagine yourself praying that? I mean, literally pr praying these words. David's praying this. <laughs> I want you to understand God gives and God takes away. I want you to understand that he holds all things in his hands. But he is not the reason that life hit you the way that life hit you. He's not the reason that life hit you. He's not the reason that you've been treated the way that you've been treated. He's not the reason while they're whispering and they're saying those things about you. He's not the reason that there's all these temptations in front of you. He's not the reason you're facing what you're facing. He's not the reason. But you can cry out to him for help. You can cry out to him for help. And David prays and he says, God, would you be gracious would you be gracious to me so as to say, God, you know what? It's been tough. Being real, being authentic, God, has been tough. May your goodness come over me. God, may your blessing help me. God, I need you. And then in verse 3, he says something that I don't think we know that it's okay to say. I think our, our culture has conditioned us in a way that we don't know that it's okay to say this. But he says, when I am afraid... When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. We're talking about the man. We're talking about this mighty warrior. We're talking about this guy who went into battle, conquered, led the time after time after time. The Bible says he's a, he's a man after God's own heart. We're talking about David, and he tells God, God, I'm afraid. God, I, I'm afraid. Has there ever been a time in your life that's made you feel afraid? Not that you told anyone about it or that you let anyone know how you were feeling, but you felt it. You felt it, didn't you? You felt afraid. And he says, when I'm afraid, when I, when I don't know where to turn, when, when I don't know what to do, when I have no answers, when quite frankly, it doesn't look very good. See, David always finds God's blessing because he's so honest with God. He's so honest. He always turned to him. He didn't pretend with him. He always turned to him. The verse says, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. In prayer, in worship, he communicates to God. He tells God, there's times when I'm afraid. There's tough times. But no matter what life brings, God, I will put my trust in you. Would you be gracious to me, O oh God, the maker of heaven and earth? 
saying, God, I believe that you're the only one that can see me through this situation. And quite frankly, God, you're the only one I want to see me through. You see, um, some of you know my wife and I, we've been... Um, We've been the pastors here for just over seven years and it's been a tremendous blessing and we love serving you and this is what we get to do and this is also what God has called us to do. But I remember my very first year being the pastor, it was, it was the truth is it was a really tough, tough time. And there was a, there was a group of people who were just like, just completely negative against everything that I do. If, if I wanted to outreach to the community, they would say, well, what about the people here? If I wanted to paint a wall, they would say, why would you ever touch the color of the walls? If, if I, if I wanted to update the facility in any type of way, they were just on it. If I gave a certain illustration in a sermon, I mean, they would mean mug me and give me dirty looks while I was preaching and all kinds of things. I remember that first year. None of those folks are here anymore uh, but I, 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 I remember during that time and I never told them but I was thinking to myself and I was feeling some type of way but you know what maybe maybe I'm not supposed to be here maybe and I remember talking to God about it I remember telling my wife about it but I was just feeling like like I don't know they're, they're just against every good I feel like I'm trying to do some good God why why, why? I'm just trying to lead what you've called me to do and, and 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 so I remember just dealing with that and wrestling with that and just going through that and as I sought God in prayer as I worshiped him as I, as I as I talked to him and I was real and authentic with God God continued to remind me no son this is where I have you this is what I want you to do. This is what I've called you to do. God reaffirmed me, but it happened simply because I, I was willing to, to bring it to him, to be authentic. See, there's some moments in your life where you're just going to feel like it's tough. It's tough. And what I want you to do is to be authentic like David was. Bring it to God. Share your heart with him. Share what's on your mind. Share what's going on. Would you tell him, God, would you be gracious to me? The truth is, God, I'm afraid. I don't know how this is going to turn out. I don't know if it's going to work. I, I just feel all these unknowns, but I know you're the one that can do it. God, I want you to work in my life. And this is what David does. This is what he does. The apostle uh, Paul, he tells the church in Philippi, he says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. See, the Bible gives us some of the best advice and instruction. So what are you going through? As you're sitting here, as you're listening, as you're watching right now, what is it you're going through? What is it that you're facing? What is it that, that's happening? Do you need to be strengthened in God? I'll tell you this, begin with praying about it. Pray about everything. The Apostle Peter, he says in 1 Peter 5, 7, he says, turn all your anxiety over to God because he cares for you. I want you to understand our Heavenly Father cares for you. Turn your anxiety over to him. Hand it over to him. Seek God in prayer and worship and find yourself stronger than you were the moment before. Strong enough to go forward and do what you need to do. How do I encourage myself in the Lord? What are the two things that the enemy cannot stop me from doing? Number one, seeking God in worship and prayer. And secondly, he can't stop me from declaring who God is in my life and who I am in God. He can't stop you. I'm going to say it again. He can't stop you from declaring who God is in your life and who you are in him. He can't stop you. Release the logos of God over your life. 
in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, he says this, but David strengthened himself in his God. And if you're ever going to strengthen yourself in God, you're going to have to remind yourself of who God is in your life, of who you are in him. See, you have different relationships in your life, right? You, 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 you have parents, you have siblings, cousins, friends, neighbors, coworkers, bosses. You know, you, you got different people in your life. Who are they in your life? Who are they in your life? Who are they to you? In fact, who are you to them? Who are you to them? All these relationships in your life are important. They're important. But the most important relationship in your life should be with him. Most important relationship, the most guarded relationship, the most protected relationship. And so I ask you, who is he to you? Who is he to you? Who is God to you? David says in verse 4, in God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? Again, David gives us such great insight to his relationship with God. And he tells us a lot about who God is to him. You see, he expresses that God is his creator, that God is his provider, that God is his, his protector. And I've given you here a list, and I want you to take a look at this list and take a look at it later and, and really just go through it. Let this marinate in your life, but a list of who God is with the verses there on the side, and I want you to see it. I want you to see creator, father, savior, healer, provider, protector. And I've listed it out here and I've given this to you here. If, 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 you, if you don't have the paper notes or you have the online notes, the things are there in the app. But you, I want you to read all of these verses. You want to take a screenshot with your phone. But I want you to get this here. I want you to get this. This is who God is in your life. I want you to speak it out loud. I want you to read the Bible verses out loud. Strengthen yourself in God. This is who God is. Allow this to marinate in your life. But I also ask you the question, who are you in God? Who are you? Who are you to him? Who are you in God? The enemy will want to distort this thought so quickly to get you to believe what the world believes. Who are you in him? I've given you some list of some verses here as well. You are his creation. You are his masterpiece, and you see it in Ephesians 2.10 and Genesis 2.7 and Job 33.4. You're his child, and you see the voices there. And you're his servant, and you see the verses there. What exactly does this mean? I want you to understand that this is who you are in God. The enemy doesn't want you to know this. He doesn't want you to have this information. He doesn't want you to have this confidence Right? Because the more ignorant we are of the things of God, of the Word of God, it's so much easier for Him to attack us. Right? We're, we're, we're doing good. We're on a good path. It's going great. But because I don't have the logo, the Word of God in my life, I don't understand the power, life is going to hit because life comes for every single one of us. It's going to hit. And the enemy, he's like standing in line, ready just to, just, just to get you. And you're going to be flooded with all these negativities. Or you're going to be, I just can't believe I got every single temptation I've ever dealt with is like right here in front of me. It's so easy. I feel tempted to do this or tempted to do that right there. And it's so easy. Oh God, I'm trying to stay strong in you. 
God, I'm trying to stay focused. God, I'm trying to do the right thing, but there's everything around me and I, and I don't feel like anything's going. I feel broken. I feel broken. I feel like, why is my life, why am I dealing with this? I want you to speak it out loud and declare it over your life. See, David writes in Psalms 34, he says this, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. David wrote this down. David wrote this down. Here's what I want you to get. David wasn't just telling us this. David was reminding himself. See, what you're seeing here is you're seeing David's relationship with God. David isn't writing all this. All this is going to be so good and two thousand, three thousand. In thousands of years from now, this is going to be so good for the people in 2021. This is going to be so. I'm going to write it down. David, we are seeing David's relationship with God. David wrote this down so that he would remind himself of what God can do in his life, of who God is in his life, and who he is in God. He's declaring it. He's believing it. He's reminding himself. The brother man went through so many battles and he's going through it. Life hit this guy so many times and every time the devil looked for an opportunity just to destroy him, to destroy his mind, his heart, his faithfulness to God. The devil knew his potential to serve God and the devil knows your potential to serve God. And he had to find a way. David had to find a way to strengthen himself in God. You know, in this passage in 1 Samuel chapter 30, him and the soldiers are out defending the land. And they come back and they go back to one of the cities and they find that the city has been burnt down. Everything, all their possessions burnt down. And then they can't find their, their, their wives and their kids, their sons and daughters. Could you imagine? They go, everything is burnt, but they don't see any bodies. I, I, where are they at? They've been taken captive. They're in slavery. All of this is happening. You know, different people react in different ways. And the men, they're going through everything and they're seeing it. And as they're feeling something, they're all crying. They cry until they couldn't cry anymore. And then David hears what they're saying. And what he hears them saying is he hears them saying, we should stone him. We should kill our leader. We, we should just, and Dave, could you imagine hearing the whispers? And maybe you've heard the whispers in your life. Maybe you've heard the words they've said about you. Maybe you felt it and you took it on. And I hear what they're saying about me. I, I hear the way that they've been treating me. I, 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 and the thoughts have been so strong and so overwhelming that you've just wanted to give up. That's the truth. I'm telling you, you've wanted to give up, haven't you? You felt so broken and so done that you just feel like, I just can't do it anymore. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 36, and David was greatly distressed. Right? When you're distressed. I'm not saying you're stressed, right? You could be stressed. Hey, I could be, I'm stressed out. The Bible says he was distressed. I mean, he was just done. The, day, the devil wanted David to feel worthless, horrible, take all the blame, give up as a leader, and really give up serving God. And right when the devil thought he had David, he was working in the soldiers, he was working in David. David was in his struggle, his temptations, his distress. He turns to God. He strengthens himself in God. 
See, what I want to tell each and every one of you this morning is that you can do this. No matter how loud the voices have been, no matter how long it's been, no matter what you've endured, faced, gone through, whatever the situation is, you can do this. Hear the encouragement from the Lord today. You can do this. You can find your healing in God. You can see that relationship restored. You can come up from that anxiety and those feelings, those emotions, that stress. God is good. You can do this. But you're going to have to make a decision. I'm going to strengthen myself in God. Because again, here's the options. There's three options. You can let him beat you until there's nothing left. Or you can seek that temporary fix to just make you feel good for a little while and then you go back to it again and you go back to it again. Or you can strengthen yourself in God and find a peace that surpasses all understanding. God wants to do this good work in your life. God has other plans for you folks. There's power for life and death in the tongue. Release the logos of God over your life. So here's my challenge for you pray my challenge is simply this this week at least three times spend time with God and speak out loud who he is in your life and who you are in him go through the verses say it out loud watch as you release these words release the logos of God over your life and you remind yourself who he is who he is who is he in your life who is he and who are you in him let me take a moment to pray for you heavenly father i thank you god you're so i hope you all enjoyed the message the bible says words do have power please hit like or subscribe share the video that you just watched also if you're new text new to the number that you see i hope you all have a blessed day